For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson. Here on the Maroon Friday edition of The Yard, hope things are well with you. Hope it's payday for you. It was payday for me yesterday. Hope it's payday for you today. If it wasn't yesterday, hope you get a chance to get out and go do some cool things with your friends and family. Get out and enjoy life. That's why we work, right? We don't work just to work. We work so we can live and survive and enjoy fun. Got some more fun on the way? Always fun. Last night was fun. Big dog camp. And it's back to being called Big Dog Camp, which I am in favor of. I think Top Dog Camp sounds like it's the Westminster Dog Show. Top Dog. No, no. We're big dogs. We get in your face. We eat out of big bowls. We leave big marks. We're the big dogs. And yes, it's being renamed the Big Dog Camp, going back to what it was under Dan Mullen. Yeah, I'm not in favor of the top dog thing at all. We're not pretty. We're gritty. But uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a fun night, and uh, the fun is really just beginning. You know, again, I, I share with you guys on the show, I've been a little bit concerned about recruiting. And uh, talked to a couple people, you know, late last week and said, hey, Camp season's fixing to get going. We're business about to pick up, and it has. Got a couple commitments. We're going to talk about those here in the first segment of the show. Talk about uh, some observations from last night's camp. We'll talk about what's next. It's going to be college football recruiting wall to wall today. How about that? No college baseball. We're not playing college baseball. Makes me bummed. We're not. But today is going to be all recruiting the entire show. Whether we go an hour and 15 or we go an hour and 45. We're going to go all recruiting today. And uh, then I'm going to shut it down, man, and uh, go enjoy a dinner with the wife. Probably get out and go shoot some pool and make her, uh, I don't know, got to remind her who's boss every once in a while, right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. But, uh, yeah, we're having a good time. And uh, i tell you this, too. It's like this fan base needed something to feel good about, right? And, and here's the thing that I believe. Like the people that subscribe to jeanspage.com, that's like the truest of the true maroon. That's the people that follow Mississippi State 365 days a year, regardless of sport. They keep up with recruiting in all sports. And so we haven't had a lot to cheer about last month or so. I mean, yeah, we won that series down at LSU. That, that was big. I'm mean, not going to discount that at all. It was huge. It was. But it was just one weekend, right? And it uh, turns out to be just another weekend because of the fact that uh, we didn't get any more weekends to play baseball after the A&M series. But that said, we needed something to feel good about. And I think right now the fan base feels really good. It's like, hey, we've got some good things going. Picked up a couple commitments. Got a couple more on the way. And all of a sudden, it's like uh, the perception about Mississippi State football recruiting has changed in about 24 hours. And again, Again, I give Zach Arnett a lot of credit for every time there's a situation that arises, there always seems to be a plan. That is a sign of good leadership. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna break we're gonna break big dog camp down 
uh, as best we can. A lot of kids there couldn't watch everybody extensively, but uh, you know, Paul watched some kids. I watched some kids. You know, we we got out there and watched, and uh, we'll be right back out there Saturday. The talent pool won't be quite as deep on Saturday as it was last night. We had many of our priority targets in town uh, on Thursday. We'll have a few guys here on Saturday that just couldn't make it, but um, looking forward to getting back out there. And, and again, I needed a two man. All you guys do too. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, you got to think we losing baseball and then all of a sudden I'm writing all these uh, portal stories uh, about guys going in the portal. And even though it's probably the, for the betterment of the program, it, it is kind of considered bad news, right? I mean, you get a little bit deeper. You say, hey, this is best for everybody. But the reality of it is it's fun to write football commitment stories. It's fun to see young people have an opportunity to have their education paid for and live their dreams. And uh, it's, you know, I've been doing this a long time, a long time. And sometimes you look at it and say, you know what, you know, it's the same thing every year. It's not. Every story is a little bit unique and different. Because at the end of the day, what we all want is to win football games, right? Right? I mean, how many of you guys go to graduation? If you don't have a kid or a a nephew or a grandchild, do, do you go to Mississippi State graduation? Do you go cheer for all the graduates? No, you don't. You don't. You show up when they are selling tickets and you got a chance to watch Mississippi State win an intercollegiate sporting event. That's when you show up. The rest of it, we're happy about. I mean, we want guys and ladies to come in and get their education and move on and have a very productive life, but we're not selling out Davis Wade Stadium to watch you graduate. We're not packing out the Humphrey Coliseum for awards night. We're not doing it. We're showing up when they're keeping score. And so we need talented athletes in every sport to help us move forward. And then maybe we'll show, we will show up at graduation, right? We're, we're there for senior day. Maybe we show up at graduation too. But nobody is packing out graduation. Let's just be honest about that. We want them to graduate, but we're not going to go watch them graduate because we want to see Mississippi State win. And that's what recruiting does. It feels like it's, hey, we won. It's a small win, but we won on a recruiting trail. You start stacking up wins on a recruiting trail, you start stacking up wins on the football field. Let's thank our friends at Bulldog Burger Company. I was there earlier this week. I'll be back next week. May even be there this weekend. We'll see. It's a busy weekend. You know, I'm writing a book. Um, But uh, I I love the, uh, (laughs) I love, love, love. The Mississippi Barbecue Burger. One of Mississippi State's new commitments, Luke Work. He ate at Bulldog Burger Company last night. I asked him what he had. He said, well, I just had the uh, uh, the bacon cheeseburger, which sounds like the Bryant to me. I didn't push the issue. I didn't. But even the newest Bulldogs know the score, man. They're going to Bulldog Burger Company. You should, too. Bulldog Burger Company is a fantastic place to eat, a fantastic place to go have a drink. Maybe just get out for dessert. Whatever you want to do, they can accommodate you. Three great locations to serve you. University Drive here in Star Vegas. Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. Lake Harbor Drive in the Ridge and Flowood area. Go by and check them out. Had the big tap takeover last night as Memphis made. Rolled into Star Vegas. There'll be some more of those. There'll be some live music over there in Tupelo. It's not just a place to go enjoy dinner. And if that weren't enough, they're going to always pack in some other stuff for you. Got some new specials. So many good things. Go by, have that great restaurant-quality hamburger. It's one of the fine delicacies in life that we afford ourselves. And always get the spring rolls as your appetizer. They'll make you and everybody around you better looking. That is true. Trust the science. That's what they say. And so it's not time to trust the science. You talk about that all day, right? It's like, well, yeah, we're following the science. 
about something that's obscure and doesn't make a lot of sense. But anyway, you didn't sign up for that today. My point being is you need to have those spring rolls because I want you to be as beautiful as possible. Absolutely. Bulldog Burger Company, through great locations to serve you as always. The place where people go to meet, M-E-A-T. All right, <clears throat> let's jump into these commitments. Pretty much uh, the news was out yesterday morning that uh, Terrence Hibbler was set to commit to Mississippi State. We were hearing he was probably going to do it after camp. It has been trending that way for a while. Terrence Hibbler, of course, has a couple of uh, former high school teammates from Holmes County Central already on campus at Mississippi State, and I understand that played a factor. Terrence Hibbler, the proud recipient of near 20 scholarship offers from Division I programs, and some of them significant, starting with Alabama. And then there's Alabama A&M, Alcorn State, Arkansas, Arkansas State, Auburn, Colorado, Florida, Georgia Tech, Jackson State, Louisiana, Louisville, LSU, Miami, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, Oregon, Southern Miss, Tennessee, Texas, Texas A&M, Tulane, UAB, UNLV, USC, Western Kentucky, and others. That is an impressive offer sheet right there. That is big time. Absolutely big time for State to get him. And uh, it's not just the fact that he had a considerable amount of offers. This is a young man that Mississippi State prioritized. They said, hey, this is our guy. We're going to go get him. And then they they get him. They get him done. And they get it done by June 1st. So some urgency in getting it done. You know, we thought, you know, hey, that this is a guy that may be a bulldog early on. It probably went a little bit longer than we expected, but it, you know, all's well that ends well. But so got to get him signed, got to continue to recruit him. But I was told weeks ago that his grandmother and mother liked the idea of him going to Mississippi State, not too far down the road. And also he has some people there that they know that are having a good experience. And so you got uh, some former Holmes County Central alums recruiting Terrence Hibbler to join them. But Terrence came in spring a handful of times, uh, looked really good in camp last night. He's actually trimmed up a little bit. You know, we hadn't even got a summer workouts yet, you know, and it looks like he's starting to lose some of the baby fat. But uh, uh, 6'3", 285, he's the guy that will play at 300 and uh, will, will absolutely be an interior guy. And guys that are three tags, that is a luxury position. And that's one thing there's so much up to. It's like, you know, guys that can play a true three-tack or a nose or a one, kind of get in there and play the shade, those guys are so hard to find. That's why the offer sheets are so extensive. Everybody has to have them. Everybody wants them. And there's not a lot of them. So you see these guys that are DTs, and all of a sudden, like, man, that kid's got a ton of offers. Well, yeah. Yeah, because you have to have them. You absolutely have to. There's a lot of edge rushers out there. Now, obviously, some are better than others. But there are not a lot of guys that have the body type to handle the rigors of interior line play in the Southeastern Conference. And so once those guys are identified, they get a ton of offers. That was the case with Terrence Sibler. Big-time player. And, and you, know, you watch him, too. The, the guy's explosive. Like, I've had some people kind of compare him to Josh Boyd for me. I think he's a tad bit more explosive than Josh. And I love Josh. Okay, I'm not that, – that is in no way saying that Josh is not a stud. <clears throat> I saw Josh recently. He's lost a ton of weight. Uh, but Terrence Hibbler is one of those building blocks to a class and to a defense you have to have. 
You have to. If you're not strong up front, you're not strong in the middle, you don't really have a whole lot. You know, football and baseball are very similar in that respect. You got to be strong up the middle. And you got a guy like Terrence Sibler at the point of contact, right there at the, at the central point of attack. At the very least, a guy that can occupy some blockers and free things up for your linebackers, especially in a blitz-happy scheme like we have. Guys, a building block, man. This is a cornerstone of your recruiting class. There's no question about it. And again, state doing well, you know, in state, especially with that high school. You know, Holmes County Central has been good to Mississippi State in recent years, and state's been good to them. Uh, I like to take, we've had him crystal ball to Mississippi State for a long time. Not a big surprise by any stretch of the imagination. The timing of it was a surprise. You know, we thought it would go deeper into the summer, but uh, been hearing he wanted to kind of get it over with before before the um, the season began so he could focus on his season. Now, I'm told, you know, kind of privately, Mississippi State really wanted him to kind of get things going. You know, they would kind of encourage him. It's like, hey, if you're coming, you can kind of help us by announcing, kind of give us some juice in state. I believe that it has. I believe that it has. I like to take, I do, and again, uh, Neil Subchinsky, former Mississippi State, uh, you know, recruiting analyst, uh, wrote a stop report. We call it the stop report because a lot of people can't uh, pronounce Neil Stopchinsky. So we did, people call him stop. So we do a stop report, kind of a take on the stock report. You can see one of the first players he did when he came aboard. Uh, Neil loves Hibbler. He does. This is a dude that's going to be a guy that's going to do some big things at Mississippi State. You can be excited about this. I don't have to sell you on Terrence Hibbler. Like there's some guys sometimes you think, well, you know, they're changing positions or, you know, maybe they have to be projected a certain way or whatever. And you got to kind of Convince yourself this is a good take. You know, there, there is no spin needed for Terrence Sibler. You just turn the tape on and watch. That guy is a dude. I love his game. I do. All right, you're- All right Bulldog fans, our friends from Tacovas want to remind you that uh, it's festival season. It's concert season. It's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comforts. So no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand-new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop a new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tacovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y.com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. 
No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. Got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You get keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You get fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. Got that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight, camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient. It's safe. It's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. E-U-F-Y. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step -step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. Second commitment of the day that's now public. It actually was public this morning. I actually interviewed Luke Work last night. Uh, you know, Luke was born a bulldog. It was, just, it was just simply a matter of would he have the size, grades, and talent to play at Mississippi State, right? Not that we ever questioned his ability to qualify, but you understand, he goes to Lausanne Collegiate School. Right? He's going to be able to qualify. I'm not suggesting that. But – he shared with me since he was five years old, he wanted to go play football at Mississippi State. And his grandparents, uh, huge bulldogs, and said, hey, we'd love for you to play at Mississippi State someday, help lead us to some big things. He's now gotten the opportunity to do it. I say this every single year. I don't care your rooting interest, period. But when a young man or young lady has the opportunity 
to wear the school colors of the university that they have cheered for all their life. That is an amazing thing. We had it with Eli Johnson at Ole Miss, a Dave Johnson's uh, kid. Love Eli to death, man. What a great young man. And uh, he had the opportunity to go play at Ole Miss. Named Eli for crying out loud, right? But every young person has a dream. And uh, for most of us, we don't get that opportunity. It's very rare, right? You know, that there's so many young people grow up with the aspirations to play in Division I sports, and, and a very, very small percentage get a chance to do so, and an even smaller percentage get a chance to do it at their favorite school. So when it happens, it's worthy of celebration. That's the case for Luke Work. It's a guy, obviously, that, uh, you know, many of you know Julie Bishop from uh, Madison. She is uh, one of the Mississippi State superfans. It's her nephew. So he has heard his entire life about Maroon and White. And his dad, great guy, uh, David, brings, um, brings him to everything, you know, when they can. But they handled the recruiting process the right way. They did. Went out, took a trip. You know, went to Memphis, went to Tennessee, went to a few places. And you get out and you go meet coaches and you let people show you how much they want you, right? It's kind of like dating, right? You get out and you go check it out. See if you can't find out where the best fit is. And ultimately, it led Luke back to Mississippi State. I think the best thing about that, too, is the fact that he's been out and done a few things. He can say, you know what, hey, I enjoyed the process. I did. I had a good time. Now I'm done with all that. Now I'm ready to put this class together. Now I'm ready to be a Bulldog full-time. I'm ready to help Coach Friend, Coach Barbet, Coach Arnett, get out there and uh, talk to some other people about joining the class. So while now Luke is not technically a Mississippi prospect, a lot of ties to Mississippi, and I'd say this, I was impressed with him. I, I really was. It's one thing to watch a guy on film, and then because you know, there's so many guys too, sophomores and juniors, they're kind of learning to play at, at their new weight. You know, guys are still growing and adding mass. So I was eager to see him, you know, as a senior. And he has better flexibility than I anticipated. And that's what happens sometimes. You get these long limb guys that are really stiff. Uh, he, you know, of course got to do some strength and conditioning stuff to loosen up a little bit more. But the natural dexterity is there. He is projected to play offensive tackle. A lot of length, big wingspan, good footwork. I'm loving it. Feel great about it. And I think that he's the guy that you begin to look at now and say, hey, we've got a couple of big-time offensive linemen in this class. Maybe not highly coveted. It's maybe some other prospects around the South. But you go get Lockhart from Winona. Now you go get Luke Work. Now, now I think what that enables you to do is go big game hunting. I think now you can say, okay, listen, let's go out here and see if we can't get, you know, some big time guys, right? Why can't we go out here and say, hey, we're happy with what we got. And because we are happy, we can go out there and really take our time and chase some guys that maybe are, are going to make a later decision. I think that's the luxury of having Lockhart and Work in now. Because you feel good, you've got a couple of guys, bookends to work with, even though I think Lockhart probably ends up as an offensive guard. But all that said, getting these guys in is important, not just because of the fact that they're good players, not just because of the fact that you expected them to be loyal 
You don't have to worry about that. It gives you less spots to, to have to fill. But also, too, I think it helps create a sense of urgency with other prospects. Say, hey, listen, hey, we only got – we're only taking four offensive linemen. Maybe five. But, we're, you know, we're taking four. You tell a guy, hey, we're taking four. We've got two spots left. One of those spots is yours if you're ready to take it. And the longer you wait, you know, the more we're going to shop. We may find somebody else that we like almost as much as you that's ready to make a commitment – but we want you. But if we can't have you, if you got to drag this thing out, I can't afford to run the risk of missing out on number two. You're our number one, but I can't let number two go somewhere else if you're undecided. That's how that pitch works, and it works more times than not. Of course, there's some guys out there that have the juice to stretch this thing out and wait to signing day. But no matter what happens on a recruiting trail, if you don't think that even the biggest and brightest prospects – have told the coaches that they're coming at this school, that school, wherever, you're kidding yourself. There's not a lot of surprises on NAFL signing day. It's just not. Especially now that uh, you know, compliance has to send out those Nash letters of intent, you know, you know if your school sent it out or not. Your school, you know if you got it back. It's all part of it. It's important to kind of understand that. There's not a ton of surprises. Uh, but there were some cool things that happened last night. And maybe you've heard we had another commitment, but uh, I'm not going to mention a name. You can go uh, look for yourself. He is going to announce on June the 18th. It got out yesterday. I don't know how it got out, but it did. Uh, that he, you know, he, he had made the decision. He's committing to Mississippi State, a young man from over in Alabama. But his, uh, had already identified a date. He wanted to do it, a date that's special to him. It uh, de- designates and honors a family member. So we're going to let him have his moment. And, of course, if you're a member of jeanspage.com, you already know who it is, where he's from, what he's about, what his offer sheet looks like. So technically, three commitments last night, even though we haven't added all three to the list. Of course, uh, Hibbler goes on the commitment list last night, and then Luke Work goes on there today. There'll be another one on June the 18th. You know, barring some change, but we don't anticipate any of that. None whatsoever. And so you have seven public commitments towards a 2024 class right now. Seven. And we're going to kind of get into that a little bit later in the show. But it looks like it's eight, actually. Eight. Not not public, but you got eight. And then there are a couple of other guys, too, that um, we believe – are going to pop really soon. I'm going to leave it at that. We'll get a little bit later in the show. I'm going to kind of talk about some of the possibilities and uh, players to kind of watch and things of that nature. But, uh, again, of the two guys we got last night, I've been expecting both of them for a long time. It's good to kind of clean the green up a little bit, right? You get those guys in, have them help you recruit, but it also gives you more time and effort and energy that you can work on some other guys. Not that you can ignore these guys. But once you've got them in the boat, you know, you can um, – it's kind of maintenance recruiting, right? You always got to watch the back door. But the reality of it is they picked you for a reason. You know, Terrence Sibler had, uh, you know, 30 offers to choose from. He chose Mississippi State. Well, why did he choose Mississippi State? Well, clearly he likes Mississippi State. There's some other schools out there, of course, that, you know, that at times have paid for commitments. Oh, I remember, oh, let's see, not too long ago, there was a team that went number one in the country and had all the juice. Number one team in the country. Had an iconic quarterback. 
Everybody was talking about this particular school and this particular player. They go to number one in the country. Becomes a national story for the first time in school history. And then out of the blue, (laughs) out of the blue, some guy that was leaning to this particular school commits to their rival school. And you say, well, why would that happen? The timing on that's interesting. Well, it really wasn't. It really wasn't interesting at all. And what we know now in hindsight, what we suspected at the time, is allegedly true. There are some schools out there and some people affiliated with those schools, when things are going poorly, all of a sudden, they'll go out there and they'll, um, let's just say they'll make some offers you can't refuse just to get a kid to commit publicly. Hey, man, we got to do something to ignite our fan base. We got to do something. These people are killing us on social media. You know, look at all this. You know, this rival school is getting their name in the paper and they're, all, they're trending away from us. Let's go show them who's boss. And then what's crazy about all of that, I mean, I know it's like truth is stranger than fiction, right? What if I told you, like, that this kid, this player, that uh, was, air quotes, influenced to commit to the rival school, what if he ended up signing with the number one school after all? I mean, it'd be, I mean, it's weird, isn't it? It's weird. And then what if you found out later that this particular uh, player, that uh, there was evidence that somebody paid him? I mean, it's weird, right? I mean, that, that, that could never happen, right? Ever? You think that's an isolated incident? You're kidding yourself. Come on. Happens all the time. And it's not just limited to one state. It happens. If you don't, listen, and maybe this is a, this may be a foreign territory for some of you. There are some schools out there that will pay a prospect to take an official visit to their school. Right? I mean, think about that for a second. How bad do you have to be as a football program and as a football staff and as a football fan base that you have to pay people to visit your school? I mean, let that sink in for a second. That's the reality of it. Some people, oh, they're getting things done. Are they? I don't know that they are. But you go back and say, you know what, hey, well, we got the kid on campus. And yes, you did. And you set a precedent that every time he's upset about something, he's ready to cry about something, he has leverage against you and you have nothing to stop him from going public. Nothing. So what do you have to do? Well, you got to pay him again. You got to buy his silence. Go look at what happened at SMU. I mean, pre the death penalty, right? I'm not suggesting the death penalty. What I'm, my point that I'm making is, is that Adam, former Mississippi State football coach, he told me years ago, he goes, when you go out and you buy a kid, you don't own him, he owns you. And that's the case now. And so when you go out there and you do things that are unscrupulous and unethical, and now it's, now it's under the guise of NIL, right? I'll be so glad when they get that cleared up. And I think there are a lot of schools out there that are very anti-NIL, because the things that they were doing illegally are now legal so other schools can go out and do it and compete because in the past it's like well we we want you so bad we're willing to cheat for you that's how bad we need you to come be a part of our program we're willing to cut corners and break the rules to get you well now all of a sudden you, you you don't have that guy in a trench coat going out there 
you know, making these offers and dropping off these uh, Nike duffel bags and things like that. Now, all of a sudden, you can have somebody sit down and it's all legal and you sign a document and, hey, you're going to get paid for doing this and paid for Well, wait a minute. You mean all those corners that we cut and all the network that we built, all of a sudden that can be short-circuited within the rules now? That's not a good thing for the cheaters. And of course, now you've made it easier for them to funnel money to kids, right? So there's, there's always that. But now there's a way to combat a lot of the illegal recruiting. I mean, and I think that's probably one of the more positive things about NIL is that you can get compensation for a player without jeopardizing their eligibility and getting your football program put on probation. There is a legal way to do things. And that's not to say that there are people out there that are doing things illegally and unscrupulously. And I think that's one of the things, too, that's so difficult to police is what is fair market value. But as you know, and we talked touched on it last time, the, uh, there's you know, this talk about a federal bill to level the playing field with an AL. And the SEC is positioned to do something within itself just in case the federal bill is delayed or doesn't pass. So some changes are coming. They're long overdue. But uh, one day, I guess when I'm ready to retire, and maybe, maybe I'll write the Salman Rushdie book, you know, and I'll tell a lot of things that I know. Make a lot of people uncomfortable. Because the fun thing, too, you know, and I've been on the other end of this, right? It's like, you know, especially when I was a teenager, you know, it's like I did some things that I'm not real proud of. And I'm, and I'm actually writing about some of those. I always hated when somebody had something on me. Always. And the worst part of it is when, like, somebody that you don't know very well knows something about you that you think they don't, and they play that card. And what do you do? Because it kind of surprises you, right? You kind of think you know. And then you all of a sudden you wonder, who told them? What did they tell them? What all did they tell them? Yeah. A lot of things that I know that people don't know that I know. And I guess whenever I get ready to do something about it, I'll do it. Uh, but it's so interesting to me how this whole thing is kind of unfolded. You know, it just it just is. So watch what happens when there is uh, more NIL regulation, you know. Because there's some people, it doesn't matter what the rules are, they're going to cheat. So make some cheaters, right? Rules only apply, apply to the law abiding. There's some people out there that are going to cheat no matter how many rules and regulations you make, period. It doesn't matter. And even though, like, you, you open up NIL and they give people a legal way to pay players and they still find a way to cheat. Because it's not about compensating the player. It's about them. There's a need within themselves to go do something that's unscrupulous. To make themselves feel better about their contributions to their sports teams. I know. All right, time to move on. Let's talk about our top ten list today. Brought to you by CloseWithBlair.com. That's C-L-O-S-E with Blair. B-L-A-I-R.com. Blair Chandler is a mortgage professional, been in business for 22 years, works at Fairway Mortgage, a very reputable lender. They can get things done, and they get things done in a good way, right? That's an important aspect of every bit of this, just kind of understanding somebody that knows the ropes. Well, that's Blair Chandler. Top 1% close ratio in the country, back-to-back-to-back years. You could entrust your mortgage with with just about anybody, right? And, And some of that would be a mistake. Stick with a winner like Blair Chandler. Give him a call or text today. It is personal cell, 601-500-2344. Again, that's 601-500-2344. Be sure and let him know you heard about him on the barnyard. We'd certainly appreciate that. The housing market 
uh, we're, we're expecting to see a big turnaround here. And so, you know, again, when it's something as important as your mortgage, you need to deal with somebody who's got a ton of experience and can, can navigate through that lab, labyrinth of nonsense with underwriting to get you taken care of. For sure. That's closeofblair.com. Okay, we've had this one for a while. I don't know who suggested it. But I turned to Roy today and I said, Roy, give me a top 10 suggestion. And to be honest with you, we thought we had some really good options to choose from and turned out to be even more. I knew that a lot of people had covered Bob Dylan's songs. I didn't know it was probably triple to quadruple what I expected. It's ridiculous. Over 100 songs of Bob Dylan's have been covered by other artists, some of them his contemporaries. It's incredible. So today, it's top 10 Bob Dylan covers. Not songs that Bob covered, but songs of Bob Dylan, songs that he wrote that were covered by other artists. And they were all hits. All right, uh, number 10, kind of an unusual pairing here. Talk kind of uh, the infancy of alternative rock and then the folk music of Bob Dylan. It's Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds covering Wanted Man. No, that's not the Rat Wanted Man, Sam. It's the Bob Dylan Wanted Man. Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, they, they, were, they were a band too. A lot of people are like, hey, they're, they're kind of going somewhere. Uh, vocals are very different. They've got a bit of a cult following. But an interesting take on the Bob Dylan classic. Number nine, this is a song that Bob Dylan wrote and recorded and wasn't happy with the production. So he offered it to Sheryl Crow. And it's a song about our homeland, the great state of Mississippi. So Mississippi from Sheryl Crow, of course, uh, her take on it's a little bit different. It's not anti-Mississippi, but it's like, hey, I stayed in Mississippi, you know, a minute too long. An interesting song, but it's more of an upbeat song. The lyrics are a little bit more uh, downtrodden, but the song itself is kind of very Sheryl Crow-esque, where it's kind of happy and peppy and upbeat. An interesting song, though, Sheryl Crow's Mississippi. Now, a lot of people have covered this one. Cher did a great job with this one, uh, but I didn't go that direction. It's the great song, Tonight I'll Be Staying Here With You. Great track, love song. My favorite version of this is Jeff Beck. The Jeff Beck group was phenomenal. They really blues it up. The vocal's great. I think there's a lot of punch in this song. And I think it still remains true to the original, too, though. So it's not folky, but lyrically, and the delivery of said lyrics is consistent with the original. But the musicianship is tremendous. All right, number seven, from Johnny Cash and June Carter Cash. It Ain't Me, Babe. And a bunch of people have covered this one, too. It's a legendary Bob Dylan song, but I think the best cover version of it is the Johnny Cash and June Carter Cash version. It's a great one. And that's, that's the thing about this list, too. It's We're all over the place, man. And again, that just shows the glory and majesty of Bob Dylan. It's so many people from so many different genres were inspired enough by his music to say, you know what, I want to take this song and kind of make it my own. And the arrangements are so different, which makes it so special. The songwriting, incredible. All right, number six. Rod Stewart did a good version of this, but I didn't go with Rod's version. It's Mama, You've Been On My Mind. I went with the Jeff Buckley version from the album Grace. Number one, Jeff, obviously an ultra-talented individual. There's something haunting about Jeff Buckley's voice, and sadly we lost Jeff 
uh, many, many years ago. Uh, yeah, Jeff, an absolutely hopeless alcoholic in many respects. But uh, Jeff's version of this really makes the song authentic and new at the same time. So it's true to the spirit of the Bob Dylan version, but Jeff put enough of his own character into the song that it sounds like a Jeff Buckley song, right? It doesn't sound like a cover. I love that version. If you don't have that album, uh, that Jeff Buckley Grace album, of course, there was the follow-up uh, to My Sweetheart the Drunk that his mom released of all his unreleased material and, and really did that for all of us. Wasn't a very lucrative deal by any stretch, but uh, Jeff Buckley's Grace, an outstanding album, and uh, this is part of that. Mama, You've Been On My Mind. It is a phenomenally lonely song. There's a lot to it. All right, number five. This is one of those songs, too, many of you have probably heard a hundred times in your lifetime, and you thought that Peter, Paul, and Mary wrote it. They didn't. Bob Dylan did. Now, if, you're, if you lived in that era, you know. But it's the Peter, Paul, and Mary version of Blowing in the Wind has been, like in every movie, about the 1960s in the last 50 years, right? And so... That's the harmonized version that people hear. They don't always hear that gritty, gutty Bob Dylan version. But it is, in fact, a Bob Dylan song. It's number five on your list, Peter, Paul, and Mary's cover of Blowing in the Wind. Number four, The Birds. These guys were kind of cover kings. They, they covered a handful of Bob Dylan songs. And, of course, had the, uh, the big hit out of Ecclesiastes with Turn, Turn, Turn. One of their biggest hits, though, was a Bob Dylan cover. That's Mr. Tambourine Man from The Birds. One of the bands, too, they probably needed a songwriter in the group, but they did a great job with what they worked with, for sure. Number three, I moved this one high up on the list for a couple reasons. I wanted to include it, number one, because it, um, it has our homeboy, Elvis Presley, singing a Bob Dylan song. But as, as my research for this top ten list was ongoing, I found out when Bob Dylan was asked about which covers of his songs did he prefer? The number one song that he mentioned was Elvis's version of Tomorrow is a Long Time. That's when Bob Dylan's girlfriend was overseas, and he wrote it because he was pining for her. Wasn't sure when he was going to see her. And then Elvis Presley recorded this for a motion picture soundtrack. And it's great. And it's probably one of those Elvis songs that's a little bit deeper in the catalog and maybe you don't know it as well. I mean, you know the hits, right? The vocal on this is so silky smooth, man. It is. It's phenomenal. I can see why Bob Dylan preferred it. Not just because it's Elvis. But the delivery on this is just phenomenal, in the words of Ben Howland. That's Elvis Presley's version of Tomorrow is a Long Time. Now we're down to the final two, and you're wondering, Steve, I, gotta, I think I know what these are going to be. And you're right, it's Joan Baez. No, it's not. It's not Joan Baez. It's not the Indigo Girls. It's not. It's not the, the guys from Fraggle Rock. It's none of that stuff. We're talking about rock and roll here. So buckle up. Put a helmet on. Number two, and you probably, many of you may be surprised, but I've got a reason this is two and not number one. It's Guns N' Roses' version of Knocking on Heaven's Door. Little known fact, it's Guns N' Roses covering Angel's version of Bob Dylan's knocking on heaven door, Heaven's Door, right? Um, it's great. 
I remember watching uh, the big MTV special years ago when Guns N' Roses got out there and they performed this live uh, when this Appetite for Destruction deal. They were, they were playing at the Whiskey A Go-Go. You know, it's, like, it's packed. There's no room. And uh, they get up there and talk about a friend that died of heroin addiction and they dedicated a song to him. And I think a lot of people thought that that was a Guns N' Roses original in my generation. I knew better because I, I grew up with uh, pretty cool parents, right? Uh, but the reality of it is, is that Guns N' Roses, I think, really added to the Bob Dylan legacy because they turned a lot of people on. Not that there's a lot of rockers to this day listening to Bob Dylan, but the magic of Bob Dylan songwriting was on display in the metal generation thanks to Guns N' Roses. It's one thing when it's in the 60s and 70s, right? But in the 80s, when we, uh, everybody had long hair and you know, leather jackets and denim jeans and big boots and things like that, big hair. In the age of image, it's Guns N' Roses breathing new life into a Bob Dylan classic. So number two, Guns N' Roses knocking on heaven's door. And of course, they recorded that for uh, Use Your Illusion. But number one, in my estimation, the best cover song of all time. The arrangement on this is so incredibly different than the original. They sound like two completely different songs. And to be honest with you, I prefer the cover version over the original. It's Jimi Hendrix's version of All Along the Watchtower. An incredible song, and Jimi takes it and just puts his whole Purple Haze effect to it. And next thing you know, instead of it, a song that kind of drags, it's a song that kind of unites and ignites. Absolutely incredible. And uh, a lot of people back in, you know, 67 or so, really considered this in many ways kind of a protest song uh, about the war. And it was in many respects. But the Jimi Hendrix version, in my estimation, and I, I think the record sales would support this, uh, surpassed the original. But Bob Dylan, one of the greatest songwriters in the history of the world, there's not much question about that. And uh, you can find over 100 Bob Dylan covers out there. Songs have been covered, most of them by multiple artists. You go look for, um, I'm gonna, Mama, Mama, you're up, you've been on my mind, and you go look for Tonight, I'll be... Um, be at home with you. There's probably half a dozen that you can find just on Apple Music. It's incredible. The influence that Bob Dylan has had. And that so many people were inspired. So you know what? I want to put this on my record. I didn't even write this song, but I want to put it on my record. So there you go. Top 10 covers of Bob Dylan songs. And uh, again, I don't know who sent that in to Roy, but thanks for the suggestion. And uh, if you hit me up on Twitter, we'll give you credit. Um, if you need it, most of you are just like, I just want the list, Steve. I don't need any credit. But if you have ideas for the top 10 list, reach out let us know. You can find me on all forms of social media at ScoutSteveR. Roy's on Twitter at Dogmatic67. That's D-A-W-G-M-A-T-I-C-6-7, also on Spotify. Find our great list there. Eager to see how this one does. Eager. Eager to see. Had a couple people hit me. The Twisted Sister thing is interesting. It's like people either loved it or hated it. It's like, oh, Steve, come on. They were kind of a novelty act, and they really weren't. But I get why people would feel that way. And other people were like, dude, Twisted Sister was my favorite band in the 80s. So a wide range of support, both positive and negative, about Twisted Sister. I mean, hey, it's just a list of songs, man. We're just celebrating music. But uh, be sure and let us know if you have a great idea. We're happy to do it. And, of course, giving you credit. But um, a lot of people hit us up 
and we've already done the list. And uh, so we're happy to provide that to you if you really want it. But um, some of the list, as artists release new material, we'll have to go back and revise and remix. But here, as of late, we hadn't had to do that. But uh, there will be some bands, obviously, with new material that we'll have to kind of decide if we like it enough to put it on our top ten list. All right, next segment of the show brought to you by Campus Bookmark. Your friends at Campus Bookmart have been doing this for an exceptionally long time. They know how to take care of you and your Mississippi State merchandising needs. Visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net and use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. That's easy to remember. And let them know what you need. They'll ship it right out to you. If you can make it to town, I encourage you to go by and peruse their fine selections of Mississippi State merch, the greatest selection of Mississippi State merchandise in the known galaxy. Maybe when we uh, colonize Mars, they'll change that. I don't know. I suspect the Martians would love the whole cowbell thing. I really do. Wouldn't that be cool? Like the Bugs Bunny thing? And like the Martian comes and hits uh, Wally Coyote in the head? That'd be cool. Uh, Nevertheless, Campus Bookmark. Be sure and check them out next time you're in town. Very neatly positioned on the backside of campus. You can swing in there, do your game day shopping, and then go right over to the historic Mississippi State sporting venues and cheer for the Bulldogs. Campusbookmart.net. All right, let's take a look at some other guys who uh, attended camp, and I'll give you some observations. Didn't get a chance to see everybody. There's only so much time. But uh, I thought you'd like to know uh, some of the names – to kind of be mindful of. Now, uh, Therian Alexander from Southwest DeKalb, he is a corner slash wide receiver, Mississippi State recruiting him as a corner. Good to get him on campus. He is a guy that appears to be a priority target. A lot of people are upset about the whole Broomfield thing. State was not pushing him for commitment. He committed to Ole Miss. They were willing to take him. Good for him, good for them. Uh, He is a good player. I do think that he is a guy that is marginal SEC-wise. That's not to say that he won't put together, you know, a couple good years in the weight room and be a dude, and I wish him the best. I do, just not against us. But uh, Therian Alexander appears to be a guy that is mindful of his opportunities here at Mississippi State. Got a handful of offers. We're going to have to work hard to get him, but that's a guy, a cornerback that we haven't talked a lot about that uh, is a name to watch moving forward. Now, one of the guys at corner that jumped out to me uh, was Nathan Nwagu from McAdory High School, another cornerback, a little on the thin side, but you know that's kind of been the McBath uh, methodology, right? Go get the long, lean corner and then kind of bulk him up. Guys that have great length, have a great catch radius, it's difficult to throw over them on the vertical routes. You know, you got a lot of squat corners out there. You don't have a lot of guys that are long and lean that play with the brand of physicality. Well, Nathan does. There were a couple times in press coverage, he just shoved the wide receiver to the ground. I mean, just got up there and put his hands on him and just shoved him down. And uh, one particular situation, he stood over the guy. You know, so he's got plays with a little bit of an attitude. Now, P.J. Woodland, if I had to pick today and say, hey, who is the number one priority at corner, it's P.J. I also think he's very, very close to making the decision. Uh, you know, Jalen Abram is a good friend of his, and of course, uh, Jalen now reporting for summer school here at Mississippi State uh, will be, I think, a really good player for us. Could see him play at safety. Uh, th- there's some versatility there with Abram. I think Woodland is a corner all the way. I love his game. 
and I love his competitive nature. You know, he's out there against Stonka Burnside yesterday, lining up with the best receivers out there, really competing. Uh, he is a dude. He is a dude. You know, we talk about people having dog in him. He's got some dog in him. He's willing to get up there and play physical. There's a lot of guys out there that see corner as a luxury uh, position of elegance, right? They get out there and they kind of run around. They don't have to get their jersey dirty and things like that. Well, that just doesn't play well at Mississippi State. You've got to be a Martin Emerson, Emmanuel Forbes, B. Cam Richardson type corner that will get out there and stick your face in there and make a tackle. they got to come up, play, and run support. Uh, Woodland will not have any objection to that. He will have no aversion to contact. And I do think it's just a matter of time before he is a bulldog. Uh, I have my druthers. If you could get, based on what I saw from Theory and Alexander yesterday and P.J. Woodland, if you got those two, I think you feel great about moving forward. I think it's a two-cornerback class unless somebody hits a portal. But if you got those two, I think you feel really good. And if Nathan Nwagu decides he wants to come, you got a decision to make. But, again, I think Woodland is one. Alexander is probably two, but Nathan Nwagu, I think, helped himself yesterday. And that's a guy to really watch as we kind of move forward. Now, another defensive back that I knew nothing about until yesterday. And that's one thing that I love about going to camp is walking out there and just kind of watching who flashes. Well, a guy that flashed to me all afternoon long, got a handful of offers, claims one from Ole Miss, but it's Damian Miller, a safety prospect from Port Gibson High School. Now, he thinks he's a corner. He's not. He's going to outgrow the position. I think he could potentially be a strong safety. I think you could even bulk him up and play him an outside backer in some schemes. This guy's really, really athletic. And a handful of smaller offers, but he's just, again, one of those diamonds in the rough and one of those smaller Mississippi towns that doesn't produce Division I athletes on a regular basis. But Damian Miller is a dude, man. I set up his profile page. He didn't have a profile page set up. Um, 247 Sports. And I, I Googled him. I think I'm the only person who's got a picture of this kid. And we'll have an interview up with him uh, tomorrow. But I'm excited. Even if he doesn't end up at Mississippi State, I think this is a guy that is worth following. Uh, big-time player. I think he's a big-time player. It, it's, it's Again, you see guys in T-shirt and shorts, you don't always get a good, uh, you know, maybe a true evaluation. So I'll go watch his Hall of Fame a little bit later. But this is a guy right now that already knows where the weight room is and probably a guy that could play early in his career. That's Damian Miller from Port Gibson. All right, let's get a little deeper here. Look at my notes. Kind of move on here from some of the defensive backs. Um, Alex Foster, you know, from Greenville St. Joe was there. This is a guy that plans to make a late decision. Our Paul Jones reported here recently. He's probably going to take all uh, – possible visits you know they're no longer limited right to five they can take as many as they want if they can get them and one of the stupid parts of that too is that the schools are still limited to only what 53 visits right that doesn't make a lot of sense but uh, I think Alex is a guy that will probably make a decision late and I think ultimately it's going to be Mississippi State I don't know if Mississippi State is maybe comfortable with the late decision I think David Turner will begin to kind of push there we'll see how things go but I do know he wants to take some visits and then plans to visit Mississippi State during the season or perhaps just after. But I don't think that ends up being a signing day deal. I really like his game. I think he fits Mississippi State. Uh, another defensive lineman that really flashed yesterday, a guy that you might as well go ahead and familiarize yourself with this name. It's Kevin Otis from Hattiesburg. Didn't get a chance to talk to him. I did talk to Coach Tony Vance. And I was talking to Tony. I think Tony and I have been friends now for 25 years. 
and uh, Tony got into it uh, 26 years ago. And so basically his entire career, uh, he's been a great contact for me. And one of the things I love about Tony Vance is if I ask Tony about an opposing player, he will give me a true evaluation. There are some coaches out there, you know, there's a little haterism in the game, right? Oh, you know, he did this and did that. I admire coaches that are willing to give credit to opposing players, and that's Tony Vance. He'll tell you, hey, this kid's really good, Steve. While you're out, go see this guy. Go see that guy. Call so-and-so. He's just trying to help young people. But he has probably got one of the better players of his coaching career in Kevin Otis. This guy is a legit SEC uh, defensive end. And, uh, of course, Mississippi State has all, already offered him. His offer sheet is already rather extensive. But that's a name for 2025 to remember. That guy is a real dude for sure. All right, rolling down the notes here. Uh, William Eccles is a guy that can play either side of the line. We like him as an offensive lineman. I think it's just a matter of time before he commits to Mississippi State, but he does plan to take in some visits and go take some trips and kind of get to see some things. I don't begrudge them of that. Uh, I do think he's a guy that that probably could have uh, committed very early in this process to Mississippi State. And then, of course, there's the coaching change. And, you know, then Ole Miss got really serious about him. Give Ole Miss some credit. I think they really kind of slowed the process down a good bit. I do think ultimately he ends up at Mississippi State. But I do think it's one of those things that's going to be kind of back and forth. All right, Aaron Travis, a defensive line prospect. It's rather intriguing from Grenada. A lot of people early on thought he was a shoe in to go to Ole Miss, and then it's like, is Ole Miss going to take him? Yeah, they're going to take him. No, they're not. Are we going to take him? I think he's the guy that needed to come to camp. What I saw from him, I think he is a legit SEC guy. I don't know who prioritizes him at this point, but there's so many great defensive linemen in the state this year. Aaron Travis is going to go somewhere, I think, and have a really good career. And we'll see how things kind of progress with him. But uh, he is a dude. All right, Tristan Jarnigan. Committed to Texas A&M from Tupelo High School linebacker. That's another one to watch there, too. Would you count out Chad Bumpus on a kid from Tupelo High School? Well, you'd be wise not to. I don't know at this point that State is really pushing him, but getting him back on campus is, is significant. Uh, Matt Brock, obviously, is a great uh, linebacker coach. A guy that's done a great job recruiting. A guy that uh, is a really good evaluator and developer of talent. And so when you begin to think about Tristan Jernigan, Guys, what is it, nine hours out there? Is that, is that right, about nine hours from Tupelo to College Station, Texas? I mean, you know, that's, those are things you kind of consider, too. It's easy to be committed to a school, you know, two, three states away in June. But all of a sudden, you get through your senior season, and you start thinking, wait a minute, yeah, that's a long way from home. You almost wish they find a new high school sweetheart, right? Maybe just want to stay close. Uh, but the reality of it is, very talented player, and uh, a guy that's going to have some options, but I don't think his recruitment is over by any stretch, for sure. Uh, Zedrick Washington, they call him Zed. I've known Ron Rushing for a long time, too. He's the head coach here at Park Lane. Uh, just happened to be walking through the gate. We're sitting there talking, kind of catching up. I'm, uh, my wife is from Natchez. Ron's from Natchez. So we're just kind of talking, you know, and I'm like, hey, who do you have here today? He goes, man, I got a linebacker, uh, Zed Washington. Had a chance to watch him a little bit and uh, spoke with him afterwards. Very respectful young man. And uh, Mississippi State's talking to him. We hadn't offered yet. But uh, mainly G5 offers for him. Maybe a guy that ends up at Southern Miss. Maybe a guy that ends up at Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, I think he's probably down the board, obviously, at Mississippi State because stayed uh, on some pretty good linebackers right now that already hold Bulldog offers. But that's a guy to really watch. 
Another guy that showed up yesterday, too, I, I don't remember. I didn't have a lot of notes about him in the linebacker. Jimmy Johns Jr. Yeah, yeah, we're that old, right? The Jimmy Johns Jr. has a junior son that is a junior at Brookhaven High School. And uh, obviously, Jimmy Johns was a guy that was expected to go to Mississippi State, goes to Alabama, didn't do a whole lot there. Uh, but, yeah, here we are with Jimmy Johns Jr., now a prospect, attending the Mississippi State camp. Always interesting. Caleb Dozier, Mississippi State commitment, uh, projected to be a linebacker. I really like this kid, man. Really smooth in what he does, really athletic. What you'd expect, and he's a guy, too, that uh, had a ton of offers, mostly G5. He jumps on the Mississippi State offer, and, again, that's a testament to Matt Brock. I liked the take when we took him. I didn't love it. I liked it. After watching him yesterday, I can see what the staff sees in him. This is a guy very athletic, and you think, you know, a year or two in the weight room, he's going to look completely different. And I mean a college weight room, right? Uh, so, again, some really good linebacker prospects out there. For sure, the Mississippi State. So, I think you're going to be able to fill your needs in state. I don't think there's going to be a lot of uh, – you're not going to have to go out there – and, and hope that you get somebody. Another guy that just kind of jumped out, I only saw one or two reps with him, but he, he definitely has SEC size. Jamison Curtis from Saraland High School, 2024 linebacker. So, again, State's on some really good players. And I feel like we're going to stack another really good linebacker class together. State's done a really good job of that since Matt Brock and Zach Arnett have been here. All right, moving the offensive line here. Um, you know, obviously you got Luke Work, right? And then T.J. Lockhart comes to town. And uh, two very, very big and lengthy offensive line prospects. Feel really good about the building blocks there for the rest of this class. Uh, Kobe Williams over at Amory High School. Not sure he's an SEC guy. He is for sure a D1 guy in my estimation. Didn't get his measurables, but watching him in drills, he was a guy that, again, I thought enough of him to write his number down. Right, felt really good about him. Zyron Brown uh, from Bay High. State hadn't offered him yet, and uh, I'm a little confused why. I really like him. He's got a handful of offers. He's been coming to camps now for a couple of years. First saw him last year uh, when he camped for Coach Mason Miller, and thought he may leave with an offer then. And then when we got into the spring, and all of a sudden he started picking up these offers post signing day. I thought, well, surely State will offer. We haven't yet. I think we will eventually, but, um, you know, he's a guy, too, that uh, interior guy probably probably could make a play at center. I think he's an interior guy, you know. And, and again, a lot of it's going to depend on how the staff wants to use these guards. I mean, you know, with all this misdirection, there's going to be a lot of pulling, and so there's going to be some guys out there that are going to have to be athletic. I mean, it's not like that square body type. It's just up there to be a pile driver, right? They're going to have to be athletes. But Zyron Brown is a guy that you look at and think, okay, this is a guy you got to continue to watch. I don't think there's much question about that. Um, yeah, so moving on there. Now we're at, we get to our receivers. A bunch of good guys here. And there's not a ton of skill in the state, but what there is at wide receiver, you feel really good about. You feel really good about it. Uh, J.J. Harrell didn't make camp, but I love that kid. I do. The guy, again, that probably took the biggest jump forward in my mind is San Francisco McGee. I love his game. I wasn't sure about his size, right? I mean, there's only so much you can tell on film, right? Because most of that film is shot from the top of the press box. And then you get down field level and you get a chance to see how big he is. He's, you know, six, two and a half, pushing 200 pounds. One thing I love about him is his ability to elevate. 
There's a lot of guys who play outside the numbers. Unless you throw it out in front, let them run under it, they're not going to be able to make the contested catch. That's not the case with San Francisco. This is a guy that works back to the football. It's a guy that knows how to elevate, takes ownership of the football. I, you know, I would put him in the Miss Al game right now. That's how much I think of him. I wondered in the early beginning, when we watched the film in the beginning, I said, you know, is he a Southern Miss guy? You know, is he a G5 guy or is he a marginal SEC guy? After watching him yesterday, I got no doubt that he is an SEC guy. And then he ran 4-5-2. So a guy that size moving that fast, and you got to think, you know, a lot of coaches tell me nowadays, too, that you know, unless it's a really bad 40, they're not going to let a 40 scare them away. But a guy that can run consistently, get run well enough, they know that the 40 time is going to get better because most kids don't know how to run a 40. Most of them have never even run track. But then you've got a guy like this, a raw athlete like San Francisco McGee that's 4.52. You figure like, hey, probably six weeks with the track coach, he's probably running 4.5 or 4.49. And you got a guy that big, that strong, moving that fast, you really got something there. I want him in the class. I think that Mississippi State has done a good job with him probably need to go ahead and make him feel like the priority um, for sure. Really like him a lot. Then there's Stonka Burnside. They call him Braylon Burnside uh, officially, but it's Stonka Burnside, and uh, this kid is legit. I've heard some people tell me, they said, hey, it kind of reminds me of Jonathan Mingo. I think that's kind of a lazy comparison because I don't think their games are really that similar. I think Stonka is probably a brand a little more physical. Thick, physical guy, takes it personal when a DB tries to press him, you know. Uh, and, of course, Mingo obviously gets drafted. I'm, I'm not hating on Jonathan Mingo. I think Jonathan Mingo is a little more finesse than Stonka. And that's not, that's not being critical of Mingo. I just think that's more of his game. I, I'm not making the comparison that he is as talented or A.J. Brown. I think their playing styles are a little similar. I don't think, he's, I don't think Stonka is maybe quite as fleet of foot as A.J., but he plays with that same brand of physicality, which says a lot about Starkville High School, right? That's kind of the athletes they produce at SHS, the Jackets. Uh, I do think Stonka's going to ultimately be a Bulldog. Not sure when it happens, but uh, I really thought it would be an elongated process and he would commit late, maybe even on signing day, like Kobe Jones and A.J. did. Uh, You know, Willie did the same thing. So you kind of expect that. But we're starting to hear some rumors that maybe he's going to do it sooner rather than later. Starville High School has a real chance to go win the state championship again this year. And so I think Stonka being a team first guy, and a lot of people tell me, you know, he just doesn't want, he doesn't talk a lot about recruiting. He just want, kind of wants to be one of the dudes, right? He doesn't didn't want to be treated like some big superstar out there when he's away from the football field. I love this kid. I have since the very beginning. And I go back, I give Robbie a lot of credit to Robbie Falk. You know, Robbie obviously covers Starville High School for Starville Daily. He has been singing the praises of Stonka Burnside since he was a freshman. And he has realized his potential. I do think ultimately he is going to be a Mississippi State Bulldog. And so now I'm starting to start thinking about, you know, you got Mayfield already. How many receivers do you want to take? If you can get Harrell, and I believe you will, you add Burnside to the mix. And Burnside's the guy that can play safety or play receiver. After watching him run those routes and see how good he is getting out of his breaks, I have no question that you take him as a wide receiver. That's what I would do. You may see it differently, but that's what I would do. Uh, let's see here. Skipping around a little bit here. Uh, let's see. B.J. Johnson from Green County High School in Leaksville. That's a guy that did some good things. Did some good things. Thought he was rather interesting. i tell you, one of the guys, too, that 
from Gaucher, Mississippi, Dylan Alfred. Now, his route running, he's not sticking any routes. But, man, anything thrown in his direction, he'll make a catch. He makes good adjustments when the ball is in the air. Uh, he's got a guy probably needs to learn to high point the football a little bit better. But he will get up there and compete vertically. I don't know where he ends up. But, again, this is one of those guys I didn't know anything about. And you walk out there and you're like, hey, who is 10? Who's 10? And, then, you know, again, he runs a route and kind of rounds off his cuts. It's not real precise, but he just catches the football. You can teach route running. You can't teach ball skills. You recruit ball skills, and then you refine the rest of the skill set. And so I'm not sure he ends up at Mississippi State. But, again, it's just a testament, again, to the quality of players within this state that nobody's even really talking about. It's a kid tucked down there and you know, down in the southern part of the state. I mean, we, we always talk about how the Gulf Coast doesn't always produce. Now, all of a sudden, you got Zyron Brown down there at Bay High, and you got Dylan Alfred at Gaucher. Those guys are D1 athletes. Not sure if they're SEC guys just yet, but uh, they could play. They can absolutely play. All right, uh, quarterbacks. Your, your quarterback, Josh Flowers, was there, like him. I can see exactly why Mississippi State offered him. I can see why he has four stars next to his name. Really like him a lot. There's a handful of guys yesterday uh, in drills, because, you know, more times than not, you're not watching the footwork, you're not watching the quarterback. You're just watching the delivery. You're watching the ball down the field, right? Um, Let's see here. If I can read my own writing here. Uh, Camario Taylor, 2025 quarterback from Knoxville County. He's Omar Connor's nephew. And uh, if I remember correctly, the tallest quarterback out there. Threw a pretty good ball. I mean, obviously, we've got to have some skill refinement there. You know, there's some things mechanically you've got to clean up. This is got, he's, he's getting bound being an athlete, but has a good arm. Accuracy at times is a little bit off. But, uh, again, the bloodlines are good, Right. You feel pretty good about that. Another guy, too, that actually works him at receiver is uh, Jordan Bell out of Mumford High School in, in, uh, there in Tennessee. It's a guy that stood out to me almost immediately. As soon as they start running drills, he's out there flashing. Interested to see what happens with him. Another guy. Uh, Arkansas commitment. Uh, let me see here. Where have I got him? Julius Pope. Recently offered by Mississippi State. State's recruiting him as a running back. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch him in drills yesterday. I did note that he was there. That's a guy, too, that uh, a name to watch. Uh, KD, kind of Daniels from West Point, did show up wearing a Florida Gator shirt. He was committed to Florida, but he's still on your campus, right? Uh, got there a little bit late, but he did wasn't there to work out. Spent some time talking to the staff. Mississippi State's not giving up on him by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I can tell you this, too. You know, you know Florida, you know, with their Gator Collective, you know how the NIL works with them. And I don't know what, if anything, uh, they have kind of put forth this recruiting class, kind of the, the, the opportunities that they have of, of available in Gainesville. No clue. But I don't think Mississippi State gets into one of those situations where it becomes like an NIL war. I just don't think State's going to get involved in all that. I do think KD is a guy that uh, is, a, is a star in the making, for sure. And had heard a lot of good things about him uh, going to Mississippi State. And then I understand there's some people, he has some advisors and things like that. That's when things kind of got crazy. So we'll see how that, how that ends up. But I love that kid's game. I wish I would have had a chance to watch him play. 
uh, yesterday. We'll get over there and check him out at West Point at some point this season. But, you know, is Julius Pope the dude? I don't know. Is it a one running back class or two? Don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see how things kind of play out there. But, um, yeah, you feel pretty good about the, the players you got on campus yesterday because you've got some dudes out there that can really play. And that was the thing, just kind of passing the looks test. It looked like a camp of SEC players. It didn't just look like, okay, we just did a cattle call and these are who, this is all who showed up. They did a good job getting good guys to campus, including uh, Jay Lindsey, your tight end commitment from Patrician Academy there in Butler, Alabama. Didn't get a chance to watch him, uh, but did note that he was there. Would have loved to have the opportunity to kind of speak to him. Uh, yeah, we'll see kind of how things go uh, with him. But, uh, again, a good group. And that's part of coaching, too. That's a big part of recruiting is getting kids to your campus so you have the opportunity to work them out. Let them use the facilities. Let them see what it's like. And a lot of your Bulldog players were there. And this is one thing, too. If there's one suggestion that I could make about yesterday. And I don't, I'm not being negative. I'm just kind of laying it out there for you. When Dan Mullen was here, every player had to be at Big Dog Camp. Of course, we did it in July, and it was the same night as the midnight lift. That was one of the things that we did, and guys put on, you know, costumes. It was real fun. They played music. It was a great experience. But every player had to be at the Big Dog Camp with their jerseys on and then with their personnel groups. And there was a, a, a couple of reasons behind that. Number one... Dan wanted the current players to show the future players that they're interested in them. That it means enough to them to come give a couple hours to watch a one-on-ones. Because they didn't go to the drills and that kind of – they were just there for the one-on-ones. They had to be there at exactly the time for the one-on-ones. And they're there and at times providing some instruction, answering questions, encouraging, cheering. I think that's significant. The number two thing is they wanted those players to be accessible to recruits. So when it's all over with, all of a sudden it's, hey, hey, that's, that's Dak Prescott. I want to get my picture made with Dak. And, of course, Dak, very gracious to go get it done. And if you know anything about Dak, you know, remember when Dedrick Thomas represented the offense, on, you know, the, everybody had to do push-ups based on the last rep. And Dak's running all over the field and celebrating with the offense and high-fiving. We got we to get back to that. We had to get back to that. And, again, that's not being critical of the current staff. I'm sure nobody even thought about it. Most of the people that are here now weren't here then. But it meant a lot to those kids. I'm sure it's a bit of an imposition on your players, right? But you come there and then you, again, kind of transition from the end of big dog camp into the midnight lift. It's kind of a necessary thing. And many of those players, too, at once were those recruits in those drills looking up to your players. And it makes it easier to identify them. And so when we, as we move forward, that's one thing I think we need to do. As a matter of fact, I'm going to mention next time I talk to Brad. See, Brad, I, you know, not being critical, I'm just telling you, this was beneficial in the past. Because I can tell you from watching uh, years ago, it meant a lot to those kids that the current Bulldogs were out there. Of course, you know, if you're a defensive lineman and all of a sudden Jeffrey Simmons is out there or Preston Smith's out there or Fletcher Cox is out there, and this is a guy you've seen on TV, and then there he is, right there. I can go ask Fletcher Cox for a tip. I can ask Fletcher Cox, what's it like to play at Mississippi State? Of course, this is why they're current players. They're not former players. There would be a violation. But I think it's important to have that 
interaction. And there were – listen, there were several players out there. Will Rogers, of course, Jaden Wiley. I, I don't know that we can do anything without Will and Jaden being around. Uh, DCAM was there. But the players were not easily identifiable. That's kind of the point that I'm getting at. There were several of your players there, several. But had I not known them from covering them from all these years, I wouldn't have been able to pick them out of a lineup. And so when you've got some kid that's from, you know, Wiggins, Mississippi, or from Goss or wherever, that they dream of one day playing at Mississippi State, or maybe they're a Bulldog fan, or maybe they're a Bulldog recruit, and they can walk out there and have a conversation with Will Rogers, number two, I think it makes camp better. I think it's a better experience because it's like, hey, I was out there and Dak was there. Dak came up to me and gave me a high five after I made a catch. Of course, Dak's one of your more recognizable players, but I think you get my point. I don't want to belabor the issue here. But that's one thing that I would do different. Now, as far as how we ran camp, it was extremely efficient. Extremely efficient. Matter of fact, we got done early. We ran the drills, everybody ran their, they ran their times. They went out and did their positional drills. Next thing you know, we're one-on-ones. And it went really quick. And it was a good camp. I mean, guys, by the end of camp, guys were, guys were done. I mean, they were. I mean, they weren't just, you know, falling out. But, I mean, you could tell the guys had worked. It wasn't one of these days where, okay, we're just going to go out here and you know, pay our money and get a T-shirt and call it a day. And I thought, I'd, you know, a lot of people are critical of Adidas, but the uh, camp shirts that we provided to the, the players yesterday, absolutely outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. They were sleeveless, wasn't like a T-shirt, and it wasn't so tight on them that it made the big guys look obese, right? Very well done, very well designed, and I think everybody went home probably felt pretty good about having that shirt, you know. I wanted one. And matter of fact, I wanted the junior college shirt because the way it was set up is you had your 2024 prospects wearing black and then your 2025 or under wearing maroon, and then the uh, JUCO guys wore white. So, it's good stuff. It's absolutely good stuff. And, uh, again, it feels so good to be out there again and then to see us have some success. And that's one of the reasons I want to spend so much time talking about it today. Uh, So, that's kind of where we stand uh, with the current class. So, uh, after the next segment, you know, the final segment of the show, we're going to talk about what's next. But last night was a home run. Not just because you picked up three commitments, even though two are public. And not just because of the fact you got some of your lanes on campus and had an opportunity to uh, provide them the chance to interact and work with your coaches and then be around their other commitments, right? And those guys are kind of you know, building a bond. I think it's important too. But I think Mississippi State won last night, not just for this recruiting class. I think, it's, I think Zach Arnett and the staff, very first one for him, right, put together a really good camp and did a great job of getting a nice collection of players to campus that are priority targets and got him to work out uh, for the most part. I think that's very, very significant. So you give Zach Arnett and his staff, I wouldn't call it an A+, because there were a couple of guys that I, I would like to have seen commit, but I think you give them an A, an absolute A, and not just for effort, but uh, for production uh, and, and execution, an A for Big Dog Camp. All right, final segment of the show brought to you by our fine friends at Portico. If I was moving to Starkville now, there would be no debate I would move to Portico. I'd love to be that close to campus, 1.1 miles away, close enough for convenience, but far enough away to be able to kind of enjoy uh, the benefits of a neighborhood. And plus, a lot of your neighbors are just going to be weekend travelers, right? They're going to use it as an investment property or perhaps a second ho- secondary home. But if you're thinking about making the Golden Triangle your home, no better place to live in Starkville. 
and no better place in Starkville to live than Portico. You can start with a two-bedroom, two-bath home, go all the way up to a four-bedroom, four-bath home. Reach out to our friend Brooks Bryan, one of the great developers of this wonderful residential development. Uh, a guy that knows Mississippi State and Starkville exceptionally well. Uh, I would, again, encourage you, if you are already shopping and maybe perhaps haven't seen Portico, recommend to your real estate agent, hey, Portico is something that I'm interested in. Very easy to get to. Turn off 82 on the 12 like going to campus. The very first ride is Pat Station Road. Go to the four-way stop and boom, there's Portico on your ride. Next time you're in town, just maybe swing through there. Maybe drop a hint to your significant other. Hey, babe, let's make the move to Portico. Make it your next move. All right, so when we get commitments, that's one thing that I've learned in all the years I've been in this industry. I think about it sometimes too, man. It dates back now. Goodness, 26 years I've been doing this. Now, this is really a podcast. We didn't have podcasts when I started back in the 1900s. But the best thing about a commitment is the next commitment. So everybody always wants to know who's next, who's next, who's next. Well, uh, you know that uh, you know Tavares is going to commit on the 18th. That already kind of leaked out yesterday. Again, we'll let him have his moment. But uh, the reality of it is, is that um, that's probably somewhat uh, anticlimactic now. We do like him as a safety. But it uh, goes by TJ, big-time player, for sure, from over there in Tuscaloosa. And we've had some success with some players from Alabama, as you guys know, for sure. Not much question about that, you know. You start working through some of the greater players in Mississippi State history. They come from uh, the great state of Alabama. You've been good to us. We won't lie about that. You've been good to us. But uh, Traveris Banks from Hillcrest High School over there in Tuscaloosa. I don't think Alabama gets involved with him. I don't. They may, late. And maybe they think they can circle back to him, especially if he has a, a big senior season. Uh, but he and Auburn just haven't really taken off. You know, it's not to say that he's not good enough to play over there. They just haven't prioritized him. And I think, obviously, you start thinking about geography. You know, Auburn's a long way from Tuscaloosa. It is closer to Starkville than it is to Auburn. So his friends and family would be a much easier deal. Not that Auburn's all the way across the country, but you understand my point. It's not like Auburn's in the backyard. But uh, I do think that's next. Well, at least there could be some before then. Could be some before then. Uh, I think P.J. Woodland is really, really close. And I think, I think he's starting to really feel the push. You know, saw him interacting a lot yesterday with Darcel McBath. I think, again, that is just simply a matter of time. I don't think there's much question about that at all. And then, uh, you know, Fred Clark. A lot of people thought when he committed to uh, Ole Miss, oh, well, this is such a negative thing. Well, now he's decommitted, so it's a very positive thing. And I like Fred Clark a lot. They call him Fat Clark. He's been on campus a lot even after he committed to Ole Miss. He's got some people in his family that are very big bulldogs that would love to see him wear the maroon and white. And now that he has decommitted, I do think it's just a matter of time before he commits to Mississippi State. That's just kind of how I see it. And even when he committed to Ole Miss, I think Paul agreed with me. We were on the board and said, yeah, that's gonna, I don't think that's going to stick. And sometimes there are things that happen in recruiting that don't make a lot of sense. And sometimes they, make, they don't make any sense all the way to signing day. I think this one is going to be one that people are going to look at and say this is a big recruiting win for Mississippi State. I don't care what his ranking is. If you watch his film, you watch a guy that size move as well as he does, 
you, you see it's an SEC linebacker. I would say that you suggest perhaps he's the best linebacker in the state this year. And, of course, now that he's decommitted, a lot of Ole Miss people say, well, you know, we didn't really want him anyway. He isn't really good. He's going to give us a chance to go get a five-star, which they want. Uh, but the reality of it is, is this is a, a guy that's just down the road from us on 82. It's a lot easier to come here. Of course, you know, he could go to Oxford. It isn't that far away. But the reality of it is, I think Mississippi State's just simply in his heart. You'd say, well, Steve, why did he commit in the first place? Well, that's a million-dollar question. But uh, I know that he does have some almost people in his family and kind of the um, distant family, I guess. But as far as like his core group, his core familial group, a lot of Mississippi State fans within that group. And uh, I think the fact that Matt Brock and Zach Arnett have continued to make him feel like a priority is paying dividends now. We've talked at length about William Ackle several times out of Houston High School. This is a guy that's just going through the process. I think ultimately it will boil down to a Mississippi State battle with Mississippi State winning in the end. I just don't know where the end is going to come. I really thought it was going to happen this spring. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, give Ole Miss some credit for kind of slowing the process down. Uh, but to by and large, I think State's about to, you're about to see things kind of take off here. Uh, is it a top 25 class? That's one of those things you begin to ask yourself. You know, is it a top 25 class? State currently ranked 32nd in the country with just seven commitments, public commitments. And, of course, uh, you had Lockhart. That's a a four-star kid. So uh, let's use our trusty 247 class calculator and see what that would do for us. Shall we? TJ Lockhart, let's see here. Lockhart, I, I like that kid a lot. I really do. Uh, not to be confused with uh, Tavares Banks. If I can find him here. One of these crazy things sometimes, like you, you just kind of do things on the fly sometimes. And it takes you a second. All right, so we add uh, Travaris Banks from Hillcrest to the calculator. Projected the combined class. He's already in there. All right, so that would be 121.73 points. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They don't have uh, Luke Work. Let me add Luke Work here. Get it together, guys, with the network. All right, so we add Luke Work to the the, the number here, and we calculate. That takes you to 132.82 points. You're currently right at 121. So if we look at what banks and work do collectively to this class, Again, 132.82, looking at team rankings here. That would get State into the top 25, and it would also push State ahead of Ole Miss. And again, it wasn't long ago, a lot of people thought Ole Miss is just leaving Mississippi State behind in the recruiting rankings. And now all of a sudden, State's making their push. But Ole Miss will make one too. But when, once Banks and Work are both included, only one of them is right now, they'll have both teams with eight commitments, but it'll have State slightly ahead there in the rankings, uh, just behind Wisconsin at number 25. Wisconsin will be 24, State will be 25. And that's still with some big-name players out there like J.J. Harrell. And I believe at this point I am comfortable enough to say that it is going to be a fight, but I do think Mississippi State ultimately flips J.J. Harrell from Tennessee. I think it'll be a fight with Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss will still reign in the mix there. And then there's Stonka Burnside. And you saw recently, if you follow these players on Twitter, that J.J. Harrell tweeted out 
be a great duo. And then Tulu Griffin says, yes, in that uniform. So, yeah, a chance to get a top 25 class this year. And I think there's enough star power in the state to kind of keep you there. I think that's an important part of it. There have been some years that we go out and do a great job in the summer, and then we kind of fall as we get closer to signing day because there is not enough not bullets in the gun, not enough star power in the state. This year, completely different, completely different deal. So let's take a quick look really at our in-state stuff because that's where the bulk of the recruiting is going to happen is with the in-state stuff. And, again, we'll chase a few guys out there, right? We will. And kind of supplement where perhaps the in-state crop is somewhat um, deficient. Of course, Conan Daniel still remains a priority. And then we offered Xavier Gayton from Brookhaven. We actually offered him early on. They've affirmed that offer as of late last night. Uh, this is a guy, too, that uh, kind of a gadget guy there. Brookhaven does a little bit of everything. Could play in the defensive backfield. Could play running back. I guess could play receiver. But um, the offer has now been affirmed. Feel good about J.J. Harrell and San Francisco McGee? You add those to Mayfield, the makings of a really good receiver class. Could be a four-receiver class. We'll see. I don't think State has any chance of flipping Isaiah Autry. He's committed to Oklahoma. But T.J. Lockhart, very good. Markel Bell out of Holmes Community College. We do expect him to go back for another year. State will continue to work on him uh, and try to get him to enroll this summer. That may be an exercise in futility. We'll see. Uh, Braylon Burnside, we spoke about him. I think you get him. Daniel Hill, not sure what's going to happen with him. Need to get him in camp and kind of see where he fits. Need to see his foot speed. He's going to make somebody a good player. I'm not sure if it's us. Narell White down at St. Martin. That's another guy down on the Gulf Coast. We talk about the coast doesn't always produce. Pretty good year down there in the, in the, uh, in the 228. Felt good about him early on. And then there was a lot of discussion if he stayed in state, it's going to be Ole Miss. But uh, not much there. And, of course, P.J. Woodland. Uh, you know my thoughts on him. Michael Johnson from South Panola. You know, he, is, uh, he and Pope are teammates. Uh, do you take them both? I might. Depends on who all else wants to come. But maybe. And, you know, William Uncles, of course, we discussed that. Uh, and, in fact, Clark now available. Jamonte Waller as an edge. I know people keep saying, oh, Steve, I can't believe. Can't believe we're not taking that guy. Well, his composite ranking has actually dropped. And if you've followed me on the message boards, it's one of the things we talked about. You know, and he's, you know, he, he finally, we got some objective measurable. They said he's 6'2", 225. Well, what my concern with him is he's, he's a bit of a tweener, right? And so he's got to fit the right system. Is he a fit for Mississippi State? I'm not exactly sure. I'm not sure because I'm not sure he can get out and cover in space. That's not to say that he couldn't be a good player for somebody else. i just not exactly sure how it's going to work. And then Tyler Carter out of Vicksburg, that's a guy too. we got to get up to speed on him. Uh, Kamari Gan Franklin released his top five today. Mississippi State not listed. That is not a big surprise. State's trying to – we tried to stay in it for a while. He's a little bit down our board, to be quite honest with you. But uh, apparently we're farther down his. But the uh, Ole Miss of the in-state programs remains in contention. I like Miami. I've heard that he's taken multiple trips to Miami. Uh, so that'll be interesting. Kid from Lake Cormoran. I think, too, when you, you look at, you know, those DeSoto County schools in recent years, you know, you've had some guys leave the state. You know, I don't think there's quite as much in-state pride in that, in that area. You know, we'll see how things go. Uh, you had kids go to LSU, Georgia. 
course, they, you know, they, were, they were at Horn Lake, but you understand my point. That same neck of the woods. Uh, Cameron Beavers, the guy that State uh, recently lost to Ole Miss, and uh, of the kids that they've taken, he's the guy that I think is the, that I want the most. You get him and Hibbler together, I think you feel great. Uh, Jeffrey Rush, there was really not much doubt about where he was going to go. My, my concern with Rush is the height. Uh, he's listed at 6'3". That's not accurate. Maybe with the hair and then football cleats, maybe, and the helmet. I think he's much closer to six feet. But the guy's a plugger. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking the kid. I just don't think he has prototypical uh, SEC height, even for an interior guy. Caleb Moore is a guy, too, that uh, you should watch out of Oak Grove. Again, Oak Grove producing players at a really nice uh, rate here as of late. Alex Foster, I do expect him to be a Bulldog. And then we'll see what happens with Aaron Travis. But, you know, I like where we sit now. I'll feel a whole lot better in, you know, in a couple of weeks we get through camp and add a few more commitments here. I think that's an important part of this thing, too. It's, you know, you got to get these guys in because, you know, hey, you got eight, technically eight commitments. One hadn't been officially announced. There's a couple other guys, too, that uh, we're just kind of waiting for them to announce, and that's just something to kind of watch. But, again, big day for Mississippi State, and uh, hats off to Zach Arnett and the staff for what they've done. So we'll be back on Monday, probably talk a little college baseball then. We only touched on it a little bit today. Uh, we're not playing. So, you know, I still love the NCAA tournament, whether we're playing or not. But I know many of you don't share my same enthusiasm for that. If, if State's not playing, it's kind of like the NFL for me, right? Once the Pittsburgh Steelers are eliminated from the playoffs, so am I. And I'm sure many of you feel the same way. But I, I love college baseball, so we'll touch on it a little bit. But uh, – after we have another day of camp, we may have some more uh, news to report. So, again, we're kind of transitioning more into recruiting mode as we get here in the summer months. And the month of June has to be a big one for Mississippi State. Yeah, done so. Go to dogpiledabook.com. And uh, very, very soon, we will have a pre-order link to uh, order my newest book, uh, When the Bottom Falls. It'll be out here. At, uh, we'll get done with it uh, in the next month. And uh, be edited, hopefully have it on the shelves late September, early October, certainly in time for the holidays. Uh, that'll be available soon. But in the meantime, you can get Dogpile, Alpha Dogs, and Flim Flam at dogpilethebook.com. And then Blooms of Oleander available everywhere, but uh, that'll soon be out of print. Not going to renew the printing agreement with those folks. And uh, if you're looking for Stark Villains gear, get it at starkvillains.com. It's never too early to, to think about hoodie weather. There's a lot of hoodie weather in the state of Mississippi. But uh, it's T-shirt time now, so order yourself some maroon and white Stark Villain shirts, black and white shirts. I know many of you have Boneyard listeners in your family. Uh, we got a lot of young listeners, too. Mom, Dad, maybe consider getting a Stark Villain shirt for your kid. be great. I'll see you on campus. We'll, we'll take a picture together. I'll be happy to do it. And if you're not a member of our website, jeanspage.com, what are you doing, man? Well, what are you waiting for? We continue to put together... Uh, the best coverage of Mississippi State Athletics in the history of the university. Come by and check us out. It's interesting. And uh, I remember years ago where the print media just wouldn't touch us. So I can now, now all of a sudden they're crediting us with first reports. Used to everybody would come to Gene's page and discuss all the newspaper articles. Now the newspaper articles are all referencing, referencing us. That's right. That's right. So come by and check us out, and uh, 60% off an annual subscription right now. Now it's a good time to go subscribe. That's it for today. Again, back on Monday. But until then, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.